Hey everybody, it's the big guy. I'm here to talk to you about our partner, Aversio Wellness. Aversio means change. Their mission is to change lives through fungi. Functional mushrooms are having a moment in 2022 because they offer two things that we all need most right now. The first thing is long-term stress support. The second thing is long-term immune support. Right now, many athletes have a secret weapon. They're powered by mushrooms. Warrior can be taken daily to help your body utilize more oxygen efficiently by improving lung capacity and enhancing blood flow. The big guy takes it, the hammer takes it, and Ty the Safa Braga take it. Cordycep mushroom extract is the ideal addition to your routine if you're looking to optimize energy and endurance. So do us a favor, go to aversiowellness.com and get 15% off your entire order by using the code RANT15. And that way, when you order your balance or your chill or your awaken, your defend or your warrior products, you can get 15% off. Help us help you. Go to aversiowellness.com. Use the code RAT15, get your 15% off, tell them the big guy sent you. And welcome back, rugby fans. Of course, this is the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. A quick reminder for those of you tuning in, my name is Ty Braga, your host for today's activities, alongside the familiar faces of Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt and Scott the Big Guy Ferrara. We are the Rugby Rant team. And today... What do we need to be able to talk about, gentlemen? Well, we are talking about what is news in what we like to be able to call around the pitch. And this is a quick... And this is a quick fire round for those fans at home to be able to get a few takeaways. What's going on in rugby, not only at home, but across the waters, wherever rugby may be played. And let's go first up with Rob Hammerschmidt. Thank you very much, Ty. So somebody, please give me a drum roll. I don't know how to do that yet. There we go. All right. The guillotine has been unveiled, folks. We finally have an understanding of what a guillotine is, or at least partially uh, kudos sent out to uh, Mar- uh, sorry Josh Shibata, who was on the scene at the home match for the Giltini. He's the first one this year, and he tried the Giltini, and it was kind of cool. We're going to go to a video right now. So I'm here at the world-famous Coliseum home to the reigning, defending MLR champions, the LA Giltinis, and I'm going to be trying for the first time the infamous Giltini. Um, which our our team has been named after. It, I believe there's a vodka mix in it, uh, and we have some olives as well. So let's give it a go. See how it is. I'm not I'm not really a vodka man. I'm more of a whiskey man myself. Before. Let's see how it is. Cheers, Giltinis. All right, and there you have it. It's in a cool glass. TJ, our good friend TJ Olson, did an evaluation. And uh, we'll see his video as well that's playing. So I just spoke with someone who drank a Giltini. Give me your honest review. The novelty, the glass, fantastic. The actual drink. Tastes like shit! (laughs) And apparently it gets an A for their glass and the presentation. But as TJ's girlfriend said, it tastes like shit. (laughs) So, um, it's kind of cool that it's out. Uh, Anybody, fans out there that want to tell us what they think of it, please let us know so we can relay it to anybody that might be going out to CA to check out a game and try 
um, a guillotine themselves. TJ loves the lager, though. Gillies lager is outstanding. All right. I'm drinking a Gillies right now. I can probably guarantee that there's not going to be a Giltini inside. Um, All right, this just in. We're not getting sponsored by the Giltini. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. We can get sponsored. I'm happy to try it if he wants to send it our way. TJ said it wasn't very good. I'm just relaying information. (laughs) Deflection. I like it. (laughs) So, excellent stuff. I love the energy. Really great videos as well. The mystery of the Giltini is about to be solved i like it let's hand it over to scott ferrara let's get hot baby so shout out to usa eagle fullback test fury for winning the all ireland championship uh with railway union uh they played black rock uh full-time 24 uh, railway union black rock 18 uh the the new york rugby club product usa eagle famous uh fury rugby family with her brother and her mother being involved heavily in rugby. Uh, her brother, a former uh, Rooney Rooster. Her mother, I believe, is the head of Rugby New Jersey uh, for the state union. Um, but yeah, uh, Tess Fury, congratulations, All-Ireland Championship. She came she came over about, I think, a quarter of the way through the season and has been a, uh, I mean, scored two tries, I think, in her debut and has just been killing it since she moved over there. So good for you, Tess. Congratulations. Fantastic. And we love to be able to see that for all uh, of the rugby players of all, you know, generations uh, going out and, and applying their trade overseas, uh, improving their skill sets, you know, le- leveling up in their game. But of course, there's only a great benefit as you translate that that skill that you gain into upper levels of the game, especially with the ladies moving forward into a Rugby World Cup as well. So great stuff. Thanks for highlighting that there, Scott. I'm going to highlight another great player uh, mention over here. Tim Metcher is fortunate enough after... Five seasons with the MLR and in particular with the Seawolves is now the second ever person to be able to meet 50 MLR caps. Uh, this man, of course, has been a stalwart for the uh, the Seattle Seawolves, uh, a great veteran of the sport with five seasons. Um, he, in fact, actually decided he was retiring at the end of the last season, uh, but was called back into service. Uh, he has seen himself being uh, uh, selected for the MLR All-Star side on several occasions over the seasons. Um, so, yeah, great to be able to see these guys that are certainly uh, put in the time for Major League Rugby, getting the credit that they deserve and reaching a milestone of 50 professional uh, caps in North America. So, again, shout out to Tim Metcher. Great job. Let's hand it over to Rob. What else do we have to know about? So, apparently, my theme for tonight is unveiling of new things, new exciting information. And I'm going to unveil a new one for folks that haven't found out yet in our social media posts. We are in the midst of having a new sponsor join the Rugby Rent podcast team. That would be American Rugby Outfitters under the um, label uh, www.rugbygear.com. They've been at it for 37 years continuously backing rugby especially here in the midwest they're chicago-based u.s-based uh uh, team kurt and jeff great guys i've known them for years they do a wonderful job and they're a a go-to place if you're looking for canterbury um gear adidas boots uh they do gilbert they they have a lot of international stuff uh new zealand usa wales scotland um the springboks england so they can take care of not only 
the international game, but they can take care of your game, your team, and having a store. They will indeed be having a Rugby Rant store. It's getting up and running, uh, and you'll be able to find that at RugbyGear.com. We're going to have some great stuff out there uh, for folks to pick up if they want to help us uh, do our thing. Awesome. Love it. Thanks for the highlight. By the way, Rob, you might not know, no one says WWW anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> please just don't tell me you call it the World Wide Web still. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So? I, <laughs> I love that highlight, though. American Rugby Outfitters, find them under rugbygear.com. And of course, check out our store to come in the upcoming weeks. Scott, what have you got to share? Yeah, well, you know what? I got to come on, man. I'm taking this segment from uh, NFL Today. Come on, man. What is wrong? Come on, NLR officials. Um, I mean, it was it was the Toronto Arrows versus the OGs. Um, Toronto is pushing inside the five-meter line. Let's be honest. Lucas Rumball is holding Han to Jamison Fanana Schultz. But Jamison Fanana Schultz then proceeds to punch him in the head four times directly in front of the official. and. The TMO official doesn't say anything. I mean, it's 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 uh-huh. unbelievable. Rob, play the clip for me. What is he doing? Here? Oh, oh no. No. no! This did not happen. No! What is he doing? Oh, oh no. no! No! This did not happen. No! no. And you guys see it right there. I mean, it's it's unbelievable that the the match official standing right there, pointing the offside line is not seeing him strike Rumball. And the worst part is, if if Fadonana Schultz didn't punch Rumball, probably what's going to happen, Toronto's going to score the try. But if he attempts to tackle the ball carrier, then the TMO's definitely going to see Rumball holding him like this. So... What what did that get you? It got you nothing but probably a disciplinary action at some point. Yeah, it's unbelievable that you think even punching Rumble would make a difference. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying, you know, again, they want to talk about safety and safe play and head injuries and, and right. respect of the opponent. And you have Fontana Schultz just pummeling him like they're in a boxing match and the referee looks right at it. Right. And, and one of the purposes of a TMO is to be able to spot foul play. Yeah. So, yeah, really good point. I mean, it, it still remains to be seen if that'll be, you know, a disciplinary action down the road. And if it's there's a citing commission that we will review that. I mean, it's out there, so it's probably going to be reviewed. Um, so, yeah, interesting one. We'll continue to be able to see about that. And on that note, talking about disciplinary action, it perfectly ties into my next point, which I believe is a great step forward for, for rugby and the transparency that MLR is really trying to be able to embrace that we've taken note of this year with things like the trade tracker now being brought into rugby where you could see who goes to what team, how it happened, who traded a spot here and there, how how many people are, are are assigned the international player spot for each side? And in that continuing theme of transparency, there is now, I notice, MLR introduces a disciplinary action record. This is on their website. So again, Major League dot rugby you could visit it it is right beside where you can find those other trade trackers and stuff like that one of those tabs drop down menu go and check it out you'll see it on screen as i speak there's a a a pathway for you to be able to follow that but really what this does guys is it allows you to be able to track the offense of every player 
It is, of course, following the guidelines as set out by World Rugby. Law 9 is the guidelines to be able to identify foul play and the suggested offenses and disciplinary for each offense. And for those of you who aren't familiar, Major League Rugby does follow an expedited process, which again is under the guidelines set out by World Rugby. And because we have a much more condensed season, they've chosen to be able to use this expedited process. So from infringement to the sighting of it, and of course the outcome uh, is much faster. And this is all being done within one week, whereas at higher levels of the game, it could take weeks for them to be able to make decisions. Um, so it is good for a lot of different reasons, but most of all for the fan to be able to track how long their favorite player might be out for. And all of that is listed, what the offense was. Uh, it's a great tool for those that really want to be able to dive in deep, learn more about the rugby for those really enthusiastic fans. Uh, go and check it out at majorleague.rugby forward slash disciplinary forward slash once again uh, folks you have been watching uh the around the pitch where we share in quick fire things you should pay attention to as a league fan and of course as a rugby fan in general we'll be back in just a few moments after we hear from one of our sponsors Tighthead brewing company is not just chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers it is also a great place to enjoy local acts performing live music every Thursday and Saturday nights. Additionally, their Wednesday night trivia nights are something not to be missed. Tighthead is located in Mundelein, Illinois, and easily accessible for many Chicagoans, as it is just steps away from the metro. Owner Brewster and the Tighthead staff are dedicated to ensure your microbrew experience is as tight as their beers. Bruce's love for rugby extends beyond the origin of his brewery's name. Tighthead is committed to supporting the rugby community. This includes his support for Lake County RFC and our own Rugby Rant podcast show. Tighthead's tap room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and teammates can meet, socialize, and enjoy the wide variety of brews on tap. Regardless of whether your palate enjoys a good IPA or a dark bale-aid brew, Tighthead can deliver. Hey, Chicago, when you want rugby, Tighthead Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tighthead, it's worth more than a try. Welcome back, rugby fans. Of course, a quick reminder, you're here with the team for the Rugby Rant Podcast Show, but you may note that there's somebody else joining us. So we best take the opportunity to reintroduce somebody who's been on the show a few times. You may recognize her as one of the superstar Toronto fans, Karen Gasparino. Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks. Hey, hey Karen, at least uh, Ty can get your name right. Me, on the other hand, I've always struggled, but uh, I'll figure it out. <laughs> I didn't even put it in there for you. You know, I know, I know. The gas, so. the she like dumbed it down for Rob. She's she, like, just, just she say the gas. <laughs> <laughs> Pronouncing names for dummies. but on that note karen is certainly no dummy when it comes to rugby uh but she may be throwing a few dummies at these guys and scoring the points So, how did work? so let's go forward to remind all of our viewers that this is our rugby debate chance here. 
Uh, so we're going to throw out a couple of interesting points uh, about something in particular. And it's been a bit of a hot topic online through social media. It's kind of become a part of sports culture, certainly in North America and abroad in, in more popular sports. Uh, but does it have a place in rugby? Well, what am I talking about? Try celebrations. Whatever version you may call it, it is the showboating that we are now seeing coming into rugby at all different levels. Uh, and we've had a lot of people online who have been saying that they agree with it. They think it's a part of professional sports. It's wonderful entertainment value. And then there's some more rugby purists who say that that does not have a place in rugby. And uh, we are here to be able to find out what this team thinks. And as per usual, each one of these ranters will have an opportunity to speak on this topic for a couple of minutes. They keep it short and sweet, put forth as many points as they think in agreement or disagreement, and come the end of the rant, we'll find out who might very well be crowned as the top ranter. Now, it is tradition to be able to give the floor and the microphone, so to speak, to our guest of honor, and that is on this occasion in episode 84, Karen Gasparino. Karen, take it away. Okay, well, I'm kind of split down the middle. Um, I think that there is a place for it. Uh, you know, I think that it is actually a really great team building thing because I, I, the team comes together and the team is celebrating each other and they're giving the, you know, the person that scored the try, they're giving them the kudos. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a, celebra a celebration worthy of having because that person just crossed you know, the whitewash. So it's great. Um, I think that there, that it can be taken too far. I think that occasionally players actually end up getting hurt, you know, with their little personal try celebrations. Um, and I think that um, I, uh, but mostly, I, I gotta say mostly, I think that it's a really great thing that, that, that it builds the team and it brings in the 16th man because people really lose their minds after a try is scored. And, you know, sometimes people are doing their thing off into the stands and, you know, sometimes they throw the ball into the stands with passion. I know you got to return the ball, but you know, they, they do sometimes involve the third, the 16th man rather. So I think as much as I would, would hate for it to, you know, get a little bit, you know, kind of cross a line where it's a little bit too, too much. At the same time, I think that there's a place for it. Right. So I think it's all about balance. It is. But I mean, who decides what, where that balance is, where that line is, where it's gone too far. And you know, just how it is, you know, we start somewhere and we end in a very, very different place. But I like the fact that you said that it creates a little bit of energy in the crowd. You get the 16th man, as you referred to it in it, which, of course, we're referencing the crowd, the entertainment value. Uh, the spirit of it all can be really, really positive uh, if it's done in a tasteful way. I've seen some celebrations that, of course, have, have not been very well received, uh, especially when it's, when it's away uh, 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 teams that are coming to a to, to a passionate crowd uh, and it can be sometimes be derogatory. So again, it kind of begs the question. It's got to have a lot of tact and balance to it. It can be positive, it can <clears throat> be negative. But in that case, is it something that we have to then eventually regulate? Because right now, everybody has the opportunity to do it in their own way. Some may be offensive, some may not. Some may be the right measure, some may not. So those are interesting points that are continuing to be discussed. Then let's continue that discussion with Scott, the big guy, Ferrara. 
Listen, baby, we're still hot. So let's let's talk what prompted this whole discussion. Uh, Apadisa Thakabalavu scores a try. Um, Sam Windsor kind of eggs him on to do one of those little fake signatures. Sam looks at it. Uh, Jack Hyten kind of blows on it. It took, I don't know, maybe 12 seconds you know, of total time, which is how much time you're going to celebrate anyway. Um, they didn't do it in anybody's face. So I just want to say what prompted the the speaking about it online. As far as I'm concerned, I thought it was great. Um, as long as you're not doing anything unsportsmanlike, I'm perfectly okay with that. And to be honest, all it's going to do is eat into your 60-second kick clock. So make sure your friggin' celebrations are as short uh, as you need to because that's where you're going to get penalized. You know, I could see referees calling that try the kick clock set and you wasted 37 seconds because you want to do the rowboat, you want to do the icky shuffle, hmm. you want to try and dunk the post. Just you know. the whole medley, yeah. Yeah, a la, a la Tony <laughs> Gonzalez. You know, I mean, I, I, it's fun for the fans. It's fun for the players. And let's be honest, they're celebrating anyway in their own way, whether how many guys throw the ball up and into the stands, how many time guys, times guys spike the ball. And it's funny because they do it in Super Rugby too. So I don't understand. Like this again, it seems like uh, if if it's not the Northern Hemisphere way, people are pissed off. You know, the same thing right. with the with the you know the you know being quiet on the kicker, which we yeah know don't is, start is, that is, debate. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> like it's like just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's gonna be. It's it that doesn't mean other people like it. And to be honest, people the amount of people that said I don't want to Americanize the sport. That's the entire purpose of Major League Rugby. Like. The entire purpose right. is to well, that's Americanize what I think North Major American. League Rugby. Yeah. It mimics it's, other it, sports, yeah. It's a North American sport. Look at Canadian Football League. We, they're not celebrating Canadian football, Karen. You know what I mean? So, like, don't make it seem like we're not supposed to Americanize the sport here in America. That's the entire point is to Americanize it. Pack the stands full of people. Make it exciting. You know, because our second our – second, uh, topic we're going to see and you can only really see it on patreon people you're going to want to join the patreon to see it we're going to be talking about laws that are taking excitement out the game and as pundit said during that match if i was the first time watching a rugby match in that particular event i wouldn't want to go if i'm seeing you know appy sign the thing and jack Hyden had showing some excitement i'm like oh man that's what i know that's what i like i want to go see it a very, very strong and uh, and and powerful rant by uh, by Scott. A little bit of extra editing for Rob, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's really good. So it kind of boils down to the fact for you that well, this is kind of a part of of the sports landscape. You know, in professionalism, this is kind of a part of the entertainment value. Celebrations are very norm across many sports in, in North America. So why would it be uncommon to be able to see it find its way into North American rugby? And I say North American rugby because not, it's not rugby in general. We're not talking about the entire sport and every nation that enjoys it now having to include celebrations of their own form into the game. We're talking about a North American version that is more progressively becoming a unique version of rugby as the seasons go by. And that will probably be its strength as it continues to grow is that it is unique and it is different and it engages an audience in America and who cares how it happens as long as we continue to engage a new audience. So I like it. Really strong points delivered by Scott. Let's hand it over to Rob Hammerschmidt. Thanks. As much as I would like to disagree with the big guy, uh, and tell them how much that I hate the Lambeau leap, uh, not because I hate the celebration, just because I hate Lambeau field and uh, anything that's green and gold inside of it. Um, I have to agree on most of his points. Look, we're, what sells in the American sporting landscape entertainment, 
Fans want to be entertained each and every time they go to the pitch or go to the basketball court or wherever they're going to go, take in their sporting events. And this is something that sells, especially the young crowds. They want to see something new and exciting. Um, and so, uh, you know, look, it's been a part of rugby, just not as overt as perhaps we have seen. We've seen small celebrations. We saw it internationals throwing the ball in the air. Karen talked mm-hmm. about throwing the ball into the stands. Been a part of it. Hurricanes Christian Cullen, one of my favorite players to watch when I first started playing. He'd come off score try every time he'd do this. It was something that the Hurricanes boys, whether they were on the All Blacks or their Hurricanes, would do. It was something that means meant something to themselves. Um, I, I love it. I always thought it was entertaining when, like, you'd seen internationals, you know, Bone Barrett would score and there'd be, you know, kind of a muck up around the try zone. And he would, he would like tap. Uh, someone from the opposition on the back of their head or on the pat, give a pat on the back and they'd get all surly with them. That was fun to see just a part of the entertainment factor. Right. And I, I don't see anything wrong with it. And the, just the last point, again, I have to agree with Scott. Look, there's going to be limitations because they got that kick clock behind them. If they want to waste time celebrating, that's their time that they're going to waste. And officials should have no problem penalizing the kicker if he runs out of time because his teammates are too busy celebrating and doing something obscure or obscene. As long as it's not unsportsmanlike, I'm okay with the celebration. Have fun. Make it entertaining. That's what fans come to the park to see. The trouble is, and you hit both of you, or all of you spoke about this, what if it does cross the you know, the, the, the metaphoric line and is unsportsmanlike who defines yeah. that? What is the repercussion? The does, no, you but... have to be able to understand that there, there, there needs to be a cause and effect. If it does cross that your thoughts, Absolutely, but I think I'm it's not... with any play, yeah, but well... I think it's with any play because you've seen, you've seen guys get carded for kids. They keep opening their mouth to not just the official, but to the right, other players after yeah. they've been told. So my point is if the referee thinks something crosses a line, that's the referee's decision. And that's what's going to happen. Just like the referee thinks somebody crosses line when they're back chatting people. You have to take that for what it is. That's If it's worth the risk to you to be a jerk like that, then that's the risk mm-hmm. you're going to take. I feel like something like this, like we're talking about, that didn't involve any other players. That wasn't this you know exuberant thing. That's what we're looking to see. Also, shout out Leroy Butler, uh, creator of the Lambo Leap, getting into the Hall of Fame this year. This is our crossover episode with the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I would say, you know, point for that. <laughs> not just, you know, it's not just the officials that monitor this. It's also the players in the opposition team, right? Because you know, as well as I do, as much as they're looking at some of the, you know, um, uh, nonsense that goes on behind the scenes, the, the team that is offended, if indeed it goes and becomes excessive, is going to be looking for an opportunity to, to punish that player that um, had a little too much of the celebrating or it was unsportsmanlike, right? They're going to give a little extra into that tackle or into that ruck or maybe a little bit more of a rake to clear that person. You'll become humble pretty fast. Yep. <laughs> and rugby has a way of doing that more than any other sport. Right. Absolutely. And, and you know, let's, let's circle back around to the entertainment value. It kind of seemed to be a central theme for many of you. So, you know, with, with this, you know, the camaraderie, the entertainment value, the sportsmanship that comes with it, uh, all of these are really, really great points. But Karen, you know, I want, I want to be able to, now that we've spoken about the, the upside of that, what would be the downside, really? I mean, why would somebody really say, I don't want this in my sport? What could they be thinking when they make that decision? Well, from a very pragmatic um, point of view, uh, you know, you could taking the 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 
extra dramatic dive into the zone, you could actually break a rib or two. It's been done yeah. on the international stage by Chris Ashton. <laughs> some people do some backflip. <laughs> I've seen people get injured that way. So, so you know, I mean, from from that pragmatic point of view, like maybe maybe you don't want your star players that have actually taken the time to mm-hmm. score that try to get hurt in the process of doing it. Um, and so, and then also, I think that yeah, if 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 it just gets to be a bit too much, if it's if it's in the wrong zone, if it's the visiting team and there's they start to harass the fans, or the fans start to harass them, and and it and it just yep. gets into being a thing. Um, but like Scott and Rob both said, if if it eats up the clock, you know, then they pay the price for that anyway. Right, the you're the one who's losing yeah. at the end of the day if you ate up yeah. twenty seconds of the clock. You. Yeah, absolutely. Case, I mean, coach, coach is going to be having a talking with you. That's right. I mean, we've seen we've seen it in other sports. Uh, um, um, uh, God, I'm forgetting his first name. Martin Gramatica was a kicker for a long time in the NFL. His son, I believe, kicked his first field goal. Just jumped up like a yippee, landed and tore his ACL immediately. Um, another infamous celebration: Gus Farratt ran headfirst into a concrete wall, knocked himself out. He was, I think, the uh, the quarterback for the Washington. Uh, commanders way back when you know so my point is you, as something as simple as as jumping up can injure yourself um i i, I or you can just when you're jumping for a try a la wilton robolo um no hops willie we call him now or willie no hops you know he looked like he might have gotten hurt i mean his massive frame jumping about three inches and landing across that line uh you know it kind of shook it, it shook dallas there was a minor earthquake there no i'm joking but um <laughs> You know, I, I do. I do think fault line, I believe we talk about rugby taming, right? That was that was the big thing the commissioner talked about last right. year when we had interviewed him. This is rugby taming. You know, if it's getting the fans excited, if it's so you think this is a natural evolution in, in I, where I, we're headed with the sport? Absolutely. And my point is, a guy like Sam Windsor, who's been in the MLR, who's been in rugby for so long, like he was the guy kind of pushing Appy. You could kind of see it on the footage to like do it. You know, so I mean, it was something they talked about. Like, hey, if I'm going to score. And, you know, this is Appy's first game back in 2022. Let's make it a fun celebration. Mm-hmm. It's it's the same thing. It's just like, you know, uh, Jason Emery scoring his first try two weeks ago. He got mugged right. by Zach uh, Tolafu, who wasn't on the field. You know, he was a reserve, and, and that was fun to see. You know, I mean, is it fun? Yes. Is it entertainment? Yes. Is there a line you can cross? Yes. But the referees sh- should be just like a referee when it's getting too chippy. Start throwing the cards around, and guys will will react to it. And, and answer your question, Ty, um, is it a natural evolution in rugby? I, it's a natural evolution in sports. Look what the NFL did during the COVID year because they weren't fans, right? They had a camera at the end of the end zone. And whether it was an interception, whether it was a pick six, whether it was a touchdown, you'd see everybody on the team go over there in front of the camera and do something. Why? Entertainment value. Now, sure. to go back to your earlier point, um, what are the negative or downside I think the negative or downside is one of the things that we see is if it gets too unsportsmanlike, if ref officials don't control it, as Scott talked about, you run the risk of of one of the hallmarks of rugby being degraded a bit. And that's, you know, respect for your opponent. Um, That's, you know, the fact that you go to a pitch and we've seen it in some of the fan organizations that we want to go and celebrate our game with fans of other teams, even though we're rooting for somebody different. We haven't devolved from what soccer hooliganism has become, right? We try to maintain those standards. That's the only the only negative thing I can see. 
I mean, sorry yeah. to pull it back. Sorry, sorry to pull it back to the NFL again, but I mean, you've seen exuberant stuff that again, not happening in the face of the of the opponents, and the opponents aren't reacting to it because you know Joe Horn is putting the the cell phone to his ear and not in the defensive backs, you know, face. Right. You know, so I think it's it's you know pe- the, I think the players know how to police it properly at that point. So I, I think it's it's a natural evolution in North American rugby and rugby tainment. Yeah. But I do think that the players know where that line is and they know how to not cross it. Right. Well, I like what what Robert mentioned is a kind of, you know, if it does go too far, you run the risk of kind of devaluing one of the, the greatest, you know, core principles of rugby, which is respect. Um, you know, for both ways, you know, for your opponent, for your teammates, every, every all all across the board. Um, so you could kind of, you know, flirt with that and, and be dangerously, you know, encroaching upon that if you were doing in the face of another player. But we don't see that. We don't, you know, to, to your credit, we haven't seen that. Now, could we see it in the future? Sure, absolutely. And will they have to be, well, would I hope that they would address it as a league at that point? Yes, mm-hmm. if we cross the line. And then we always kind of ask ourselves, well, how do we know where that line is? Well, usually we already know. Right? <laughs> Definitely. For sure. I mean, I, I can remember playing up in, um, was it Grand Rapids? I scored a try and there was a guy that was freaking irritating the shit out of me during the game. It was the other flanker. I scored a try. And when I, he was standing right there, I took the ball. I threw it and hit him right in the face. Um, fortunately the official didn't see it and I didn't get carded, but. So it didn't you know, happen. Some, yeah. It didn't happen. If you didn't see it, it didn't happen. <laughs> right. But you know, you, you might, another thing is, you know, it's funny because everybody talks about respect for the game, but then we see things like, you know, what happened in the Toronto OGs game, which I talked about in our in our segment of Around the Pitch, where, you know, you have a guy flip out because he doesn't like what's going on. And then all of a sudden he's throwing four or five punches directly in front of the official mm-hmm. and the TMO doesn't catch it, which was completely off base. And I, I know I already talked about that in my in my Around the Pitch, but I mean, you know, let's not let's not say that there aren't bad things that happen in rugby either. I mean, because all we talk yeah. about are the good things sometimes, but you have to go with the bad things. And recently, yeah. I know in the UK, one of those things was people getting drunk, and and there was a kid, a, a kid who was watching the match that got puked on by a drunk person, and that's not the values of rugby. And right. when people talked about that, there were so many people that defended the fact that this guy, well, it's the rugby match, and that's what you're supposed to do. And I'm like, no, it's not. And don't get me wrong, I love having pints of beer at rugby. I love you know fooling around with my buddies and stuff. But where's the line? You know what I mean? So there's a line mm-hmm. in as a fan. There's a line. Juking on a child is the line. Well, <laughs> I, honestly, before that, and I've been to a lot of sporting events in other leagues where I've had to, you know, get in people's faces about the way they're acting uh, of yeah. to other people or to my party, you know, and there is a line. The fans know the line. The players know their line. The officials should know their line and when they right. should step in. Well, we're not, we're not soccer, we're not football and we shouldn't act like football. It's a family game. We're trying to encourage it to be a family game. Mm -hmm. You often have minis on at halftime, you know, so the last thing you want is to, you know, dissuade people from bringing their families because that will prevent the dads too. Like it's not, it's not the 1980s. So. Yeah. I don't know. I think the dads might sneak out though. I'm just (laughs) (laughs) well once again it has gone around the table here it has been an interesting debate try celebrations does it have a place in north american rugby the general concept uh 
uh, sorry, uh, consensus be that everybody is in favor of it, assuming you respect the values of rugby. And that, of course, is so important and central to everything that we do. Don't take it too far. Don't be that guy. Don't puke on a child. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you cross the line, damn it. Then you cross the line, and we don't want any other line except the try line to be crossed. And let's leave it there where it lies. And again, it has been another opportunity for a great rugby debate here on the Rugby Rant Podcast Show. Now, if you wanted to see even more great rugby rants, make sure you go and check us out at our new home, patreon.com forward slash rugby rant. For as little as only three bucks a month, you can get additional content from us that not only includes an additional rugby rant, uh, which would be another debate episode like this, uh, for those in-depth look at some of the law changes, um, or at least the proposed law changes brought on through uh, evidence in Six Nations and also closer to home with Major League Rugby, what happened in Seattle and the Utah game that they were forced to go down to 13 men through some specialist injuries, the commotion and confusion that ensued. We're going to be debating that in our additional rant. So again, you can find that on patreon.com forward slash rugby rant. For the moment, we're going to take a break and we'll be back shortly. With over 37 years of experience, American Rugby Outfitters have been dedicated to providing quality rugby gear to those who like to get dirty. The ARO team prides itself in delivering the highest quality rugby gear that will withstand the punishment rugby dishes out. Brands such as Adidas, Barbarian, Gilbert, Canterbury, and Protec will deliver when the game gets tough. Whether you need team uniforms, boots, bags, field equipment, or swag for the Postmaster Social, ARO is your source for quality rugby gear. They can set up your club or business with a team store like they did for us to ensure every member looks as good as the pros. If the international game is your vibe, Aero will carry you across the line with officially licensed gear from the Eagles, Springboks, All Blacks, England, Ireland, and Wales, amongst others. Visit RugbyGear.com and check out all that the folks from American Rugby Outfitters have to offer. Use the code RANT15 to get a 15% discount site-wide. As an added bonus, when the items in your cart are $100 or more, you get free shipping to anywhere in the continental United States. Don't forget to check out our line of Rugby Rant gear available exclusively at RugbyGear.com. Don't forget to use Rant15 to get 15% off your order site-wide. American Rugby Outfitters, dedicated to the toughest demands in the world's toughest game. And welcome back, rugby fans. Of course, it is time for the familiar run, pass, or kick interview with your team. My name is Ty Braga. As a quick reminder, of course, by my side, we have Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. But more importantly, we have to be able to introduce the man of the hour. Will he be the man of the match, though? Yet to be found out. So let's take the opportunity to draw attention to our guest, Brock Webster, from the recent signing of the Toronto Arrows. Brock, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, guys. Stoked to be here, and uh, yeah, great opportunity here. So, um, yeah, happy to happy to be here. Fantastic! I love it. I love it. Uh, you might not be so happy with the questions we've lined up. <laughs> We're gonna have some fun. We'll check. We'll we'll check in with you later. But you know, for those you are not familiar with what we do here on the Rugby Rant, in particular in the run parcel kick interviews, it's best I hand you over to my colleague, the quiz master, so to speak, Rob Hammerschmidt. 
Thank you very much, Ty. And again, welcome, Brock. It's a pleasure to have you on your show. So here's how it works for those who are uninitiated in run, pass, or kick interview style. We're going to throw some questions and pepper Brock with those, and we're going to prompt every question with run, pass, or kick. Brock's going to tell us what he's going to do. Is he going to run the question, which is to say he's going to go ahead and answer the question straight up? We know he likes to have a go, so we expect quite a few of those. But he can also pass a question, and it just simply means that he doesn't want to answer the question, wants to stay out of Bill, uh, Bill Webb's ire, and uh, he's not going to answer it at all. Or he can go ahead and have a little fun with us, put us on the back foot, put us on the defensive, make us sweat it out or work it out a little bit, and he can kick a question. What that means is we're going to answer in a way that we think Brock would answer, and he can direct that kick by saying, Ty, I want you to answer that. Or he can say, Rob, I want you to answer that, either one. If he doesn't say it, we'll take the initiative. Whoever asks the question will go ahead and field the kick. Hopefully, we don't knock it on. Mm-hmm. So, Brock Webster, are you ready for the run, pass, or kick I'm, interview? I'm ready, guys. Let's go for it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm always up for a challenge. All right. So, here's the first question, my friend. Run, pass, or kick. There is a rumor that at one time you jumped out of an airplane. So, did the arrows write it in your contract that you were not allowed to skydive any longer? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll start this off running. Um, I, I don't believe that specifically is in the contract, but uh, I think um, it's always uh, you have to be mindful of uh, what activities you do. And so I don't think I'll be jumping out of an airplane over the next few weeks, um, unfortunately, but uh, maybe again at some point in my life. There you go. So, Bill Webb, if you're listening to my friend, don't sweat it out. You're good to go. He will not be jumping out of an airplane. He'll be ready to rock and roll after the bye week. We have this as evidence now. Yes, we do. So, uh, for those uh, who are not familiar, of course, Brock Brock has recently been revealed as the great new signing for Toronto Arrows. Uh, As a young player, though, you have a pretty impressive uh, rugby resume already. And I want to take a moment to highlight a few of those points for those who are not familiar with the young talent that you certainly are. So a few of the highlights to mention. Originally, Uxbridge, Ontario, that's where you hail from. Uh, then Oshawa Vikings, on your way to the Ontario Blues, Pacific Pride, the HP uh, High Performance Academy, uh, for those of you who are not familiar. That's going to be important. We're going to circle back around to that in just a moment. Toronto Arrows, but more importantly, national level status with Canada Sevens, uh, U18, I think U20s as well. Um, And then more recently, your debut for the senior side, you uh, struck a blow into every uh, uh, American heart uh, uh, rugby fan by with your debut try. Although we commend you well, it still stung. Uh, so yeah, if for, for a guy who's, uh, what, only 21, 22, it is an impressive start to a career that I'm sure will be a very, very interesting one, but let's put that aside just for a moment as I have the privilege of delivering the next run, pass or kick question your way, my friend. And here it comes run, pass or kick. Many fans of the MLR are from America, as I mentioned a moment ago. They may not yet be familiar with the high-performance pathways to representative colors at national levels and, of course, uh, the highest honors possible for rugby usually. My question, what was the pathway to, for you to reaching Rugby Canada status? 
and how might this compare to other players from Rugby Canada themselves? So your pathway, and how does it differ from others who have reached that same honour? Yeah, I'll run with this one again. Um, I think uh, for me, I was very fortunate um, at the time. Uh, Damian McGrath was the head coach of the Senior Sevens team um, for the national team. And I was selected uh, out of high school to move out west and uh, join the team right away. Um, so I was pretty, pretty blessed with that opportunity. And um, I don't think it's uh, it's an opportunity uh, many guys get. Um, so I was pretty stoked with that. And I think these days um, uh, the, the, the team, the Pride, um, the development team for Canada, having that come back into play is huge um, for development in this country and um, in terms of a pathway as well as um, the arrows and uh, the junior academy they have going on here in Ontario. It's uh, sort of the two main pathways I think kids have these days um, out in BC and then out here in Ontario. Um, so I think those are really the, the two best and uh, most direct ways of, of uh, kids working their way up these days. Awesome. Well, most certainly, I think the United States and Canada, if they want to grow, have to develop those high performance pathways and they're both doing them in their own ways and it's always interesting to see kind of how things differ north and south of the border right um a lot of the rugby in in canada is certainly centered around you know bc and out west and then around toronto whereas in the united states it's kind of you know all over the map you know from east coast north to south west coast and of course and here where, where Ty and I are at in the Midwest. But either way, it's it's interesting to compare the two structures and just to see how they're developing independently um, and how they might be able to benefit from, from their development and learn a few tricks from one another. Um, I want to get into that a little bit with the next question. Uh, in November of 2021, the Canadian University Rugby Championship was contested. A tournament first played in 2017. Run pass or kick, is this an important component for the growth and improvement of Rugby Canada? Yeah, I'm going to run with this one for sure. I know um, a lot of friends who compete in that competition, and I think it's uh, it's a great level that we need. Um, it creates that depth in, in a nation where we don't always have the much um, as much depth as we, we want or need um, as compared to other big rugby countries in, in Europe or even the Southern Hemisphere. Um, and we, we got to create um, more and more depth if possible. Um, and I think it's just, it's really just going to push that player pool to where we need it to be in, in order to compete with those other nations. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of a continual debate from, from not only us on the show, but also through all the fans that, that support us and support rugby in general, is that it's, it comes down to being able to try and increase the player pool and then give them as much of an opportunity to be able to get out there in the field and play. I mean, it's not only about practice. You've got to get the game experience and as much of it as possible and laying the foundation, the platform for competitions like this and hopefully there are more at that level too but yeah so so important i like that you highlighted that you know the player pool and the development um and i know for rob it's a very important point as he crafts these questions you know um it's important because we all would agree that without that next generation being groomed to be able to take over from this generation and the next generation we're not going to have a future uh in top flight rugby so yeah um you know guys like like you are are products of of how it is working but you can already see how it can be working even better. That's the Absolutely. great thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. So let's take the opportunity to dive into the next one. And we're moving pretty quickly. You weren't kidding when you said you run. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> let's, let's go ahead and, and move on to number four. So run past the kick. You have played both codes 
of, of course, for, for Rugby Canada, as I mentioned, and the two codes I'm speaking of is sevens and fifteens. Now, everybody has their favorite, but as a player, you have a perspective that is, of course, from both sides. My curious point is which one do you think is better and why? Um, I'm going to take this chance to kick to you guys on this one. Um, I'm going to let either of you attack this one, or maybe both. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll I go ahead and answer. Watch, my answer is very short. Let okay. me tell you. 15s is better. Do you know why? Because I can't run enough for sevens. <laughs> <laughs> but Ty, this is about Brock. What does he prefer, mate? <laughs> so tell us, out of curiosity, what do you think? Um, honestly, I get this question all the time and um, might not like my answer. It's not the most direct, but I just love rugby. Um, it doesn't matter how many guys I'm on the field with. As long as I'm out there with teammates, um, there's a rugby ball in our hands. I'm happy. Um, I think I've been I've been blessed with multiple opportunities in, in multiple games in both in both games. Sorry, um, and uh, I, I just love it. I think sevens is super fun. Um, get to be super creative, and um, with fifteens, I face such a such a challenge. Um, and it's like everyone's just got to do their job. Um, it's how well you can orchestrate uh, that whole team doing their individual jobs. Um, and I love bouncing back and forth between the two. It's it's challenging, but um, the competitor in me loves that challenge of going back and forth. So um, I hate to not be direct and give you a certain answer here, but I honestly love both. And um, I hope to see a future in both games. Yeah, I, I love the – actually, I love the answer. Uh, and the reason I love the answer is – I have, as fans who follow the show know, that I have a 22-year-old son who, who currently plays at Lindenwood University, a pretty uh, good university of its own right. And he's kind of going through that challenge right now. You know, he, they're in 15 season, but he's had a lot of success in sevens. And so he's kind of like, well, I want to focus on sevens. I said, dude, just play rugby. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Sevens, yeah. 15s, play rugby. Don't close any doors. Just play rugby and let it let it happen. I don't think players have to define yeah. that in North America because it's still such a relatively young sport to to, to audiences, right. yep. um, and they they're, they're they've got such different appeals to to the wide audience. But as a rugby player, you just want to play as much rugby as you can. And sevens is a lot of great tournaments around the nation, and you can meet a lot of great people, and you're still making good contacts. You're still meeting some great players. Your name's going to pop up in the rugby circle, so that 15s opportunity might be a sevens one day, or sevens opportunity might turn into a 15s. As long as rugby is being played and you're out there playing it, you're always going to have an opportunity to play more rugby. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the thing for me is um, – I think it'd be quite wrong of me as a rugby player to ignore opportunities in either game um, to slow down my development. I think I'm happy as long as I'm developing and uh, learning and pushing myself. I'm happy to just whatever game I'm playing. Yeah, and, it's, and we see that from Danny Barrett, obviously, right. uh, U.S. Sevens player. But, you know, he played a number of 15s matches before he joined the seven circuit. Now he's returned to 15s. He, yeah, I love the answer. It's a great way to go about it. A lot of wisdom from a young guy. We like to see that. So uh, good on you, mate. Um, all right, we're going to go to the next question. Let's hit hit a little bit of the arrows. I, I I'm, Everybody knows I'm an Ola fan, but I'm wearing an arrows, uh, arrows here in your honor, of course, uh, for the run pass and kick. Um, so the arrows will play their first real home game. Now, you guys had a home game out in BC, but we all know for arrows fans right around the Toronto area, they haven't played at home in right. – 
let's see, um, in a, a thousand thirty-four days, I, I actually tabulated it up, figured it out. A thousand thirty-four games. They're going to be playing um, rugby ATL, uh, and I think that's going to be here in April, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, here's the question: Run, pass, or kick? How anxious will the boys from the Arrows be to play in front of their home crowd? Yeah, I'm going to run with this one. I think uh, – I don't know if I'm going to be honest. I don't know if anxious is quite the right word. When I think of anxious, I think almost like a negative, nervy way. But I think they're just going to be stoked and um, pumped, ready to go. Um, unfortunately, personally, uh, my time with Arrows ends just short of that. Um, so I, I won't be there. Um, but I know even even the last couple of weeks, um, still being a month out from that game, the boys are stoked for it. Um, and as you said, like 1,034 days um, from a home game, like I don't, I don't know in any sport when uh, when a home team has had that that long of a stint not having a home. Right. Um, so I think I think the boys will just be buzzing for it, and um, obviously a great game against Atlanta, big big Eastern Conference clash. Um, I think fans can expect uh, quite the game out of that one. So um, yeah, I think uh, not too much anxiousness, but just just. The boys are buzzing for it. <laughs> All right. I think I'm going to get a pass on this one, Rob. Seeing as you're not going to be there, you got to be objective. Who's going to win? Run, pass, or kick? Who are you picking? Obviously, what's it going to be? If you had to pick, who's going to be the winner? Gut instinct. Be honest. This is Rob, right? No, this no, is, I'm giving you. it to you. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, oh, you're breaking up. Hello? Sorry. I thought you were asking contradicting himself there, but I want to ask him that one. I'm going to – I'm gonna. You're going to kick that one? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I want to kick it to Rob there. You're going to kick it to me. Uh, you're not going to like – I don't think you're going to like my answer, though. <laughs> ATL is a tough nut. Um, I mean, they just – they're physical. They're hard. I think it's going to be a very tightly uh, contested match for sure. And I think the big advantage for Toronto will be the fact that they'll play, be playing at home. Right. I think their energy and excitement will be high. Uh, it won't be nervousness, like you say. It won't be anxiety. It'll be just an energy. Lucas Rumball is going to be ready to turn over and poach some ball. That's what I know. Uh, but I, th- I think it's going to be a three-point affair. And uh, I would, at this point, I would put it on ATL. But, you know, that's why you play the game, right? Yeah. You got to find out who's better on the day. I'll totally agree to disagree on that one. I think anything less. I think I think passion will win that one. Um, yeah, right. I know how, how excited! Crowd's going to be amazing as well. Oh, the atmosphere will be unbelievable. Um, so without a doubt, uh, I think uh, the Arrows boys. Yeah, will we know a lot of hungry fans and 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 yeah. and patrons of our show that will definitely be there. Shout out to Karen Gasparino, of course, joining us, exactly. uh, and then of course Who was on Doug the episode Wilson, earlier, right? Favorite. Yeah, yeah, it, and, and, and I know. And, I imagine though, you know, funny you say it's more than a thousand days. I imagine yeah. that if you were a thousand days away from home, you might be in your car. I mean, not focusing. You drive past and you go, "Oh shit, where did I? Where did my house go?" You know, like I haven't yeah. seen it in so long. Did I yeah. pass it? Um, and that's that's an interesting one. And I, you know, no team has had such a unique challenge in 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 Major League Rugby to have to be able to move the entire organization down south. Which, of course, Rugby ATL was their temporary partner uh, there down in, at at Life University. So for 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 now, this will be the first time that uh, Arrows actually get to play a host to them. So it's going to be nice to be able to see that. 
exactly. and just for the record, Brock, I want to clarify. I'm actually rooting for Toronto because I, right. I, I want to see ATL be knocked off that. Well, of course, Rooney right now is as of the taping of this is in the top of the pedestal. But I, I want to see I want to see uh, ATL be knocked down. And and we all know I don't know if you're aware of this as a as a you know a friend north of the border, but uh, New Orleans, Louisiana is we call it NOLA down there, and it stands for no one likes Atlanta. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm for that. I'm for that. Yeah. Better culture yeah. for you. Just so, so it actually know. hurts Rob to say that it's going to be Atlanta, is what he's yeah. saying. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but he still wants to win our Super Brew Pick'em contest. So. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, I see. There, there was something there. Point of pride. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So, Brock, uh, with all the laughs set aside just for a moment, I want to be able to remind folks that are tuning in that if you wanted to be able to get even more from this interview, we're going to turn you to be able to find us on patreon.com forward slash rugby rant. And for a small fee, as little less than a beer, I should actually say, uh, you can get some really great additional content from myself and the rest of the team from the Rugby Rant podcast show, whether it be extended interviews with uh, great characters like Brock Webster and many, many more from our MLR insiders and from across North America uh, to some extended additional Rugby Rants. Whatever it is you want to be able to get, you can get more of it from us by going to patreon.com and for as little as only $3 per a month, you're going to be able to get hours and hours of extra content, uh, enough to be able to keep you satisfied as a rugby fan. And that's what we aim to do is to help grow rugby one fan at a time. And we do that with your continuing support on patreon.com forward slash rugby rant pod. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.